Welcome to the Wolverine Confidential Podcast. I'm Andrew Kahn. I'm Ryan Zook. And I'm Aaron McMahon. Michigan's 2022 football schedule is finalized. We've got opinions on it. Plus, the latest with Jim Harbaugh and an update on the men's basketball team. Coming up on Wolverine Confidential. All right, guys, good to be talking to you because for the next, I don't know, 15, 20, 30 minutes at least, I won't have any of the lyrics or music to the latest Disney movie Encanto creep into my head. Parents with children of a certain age know what I'm talking about. So looking forward to this respite from that. You two have no idea what I'm talking about, and that's fine. That just went right over my head. Yeah, yeah so no idea. He's speaking Spanish. I don't <laughs> yeah. know what he's saying. Let's start with a quick update on the men's basketball team because they are going to play Friday night. We're recording here on Thursday morning. We're actually going to talk to Joan Howard very shortly after this podcast, but already got an update from a team spokesperson last night saying the team is healthy, fully healthy. They have uh, zero illness and every intention of playing the game Friday at Illinois. So that is that is great news. Again, with the you know five-day window that they might be following, that makes a little more sense. But still, if guys were, were actually sick, and we don't know that yet if they were, it's possible the testing just happened because they had just traveled from Florida and been there for several days. That's still that's then not surprising, but it's great news, obviously, for them. So we'll get a little more information, hopefully, from Joan today about you know how many guys have been missing practice, or you know, it's possible guys will just be coming off their quarantine tomorrow and they haven't really been in the gym for for a few days. We don't know, but either way, it's it's a it's good news and it's a very important game for Michigan. We've talked about this. They need they need wins. They need wins against good teams. And Illinois on the road would certainly qualify. Yeah, like you said, Russ is going to be the big thing right now. How many of those guys have actually you know, sat out, haven't been able to participate? I, I would assume they haven't been team hasn't been practicing since they weren't able to play games. So it's yeah, you're, I'm I'm real curious to see how they come out just from the first you know 15, 20 minutes on Friday and how their how their legs look. It's a new team, obviously, but I do remember last year when they were off for, for four weeks and they first came back, hey, you're at Wisconsin going to the Kohl Center and, you know, Michigan scored, you know, it was like 25 points or something in the first half. They were losing and then just dominate the last like 10 minutes of the game and end up with a win there. But again, that was a team that only lost, you know, five games all season when all is said and done, Michigan has more losses than that already this year. So just a different team. But yeah, it's not no guarantee that the team will be bad when they return. But uh, yes, absolutely something to to watch for. Before we get into injury, I'm sure you've watched more college hoops than, than us. But have you noticed any players wearing like masks during games at all since uh, this new uh, Omicron breakout at all? Or I have not. Um, I know that was a thing. Last year at times in, in some of the smaller conferences and, you know, those games aren't always, you know, televised, but right. I feel like that would still kind of creep onto my Twitter feed or something. And I have not seen any of that. So it's interesting, but we'll see. They, they better get the right mask if they're going to do that, because I've, I've tried playing ball a few times with one. And if you've got some of those cloth ones uh, that are great for, you know, just being out and about, you take that deep breath and it just sticks, yeah. sticks to your mouth and you're just now you're now you're really gasping for air so but i'm sure they can they can figure out one that's better certainly the high school players were were wearing them you know all all last year mostly around their chins from what i heard but still so yeah that's that with the men's team what else are we talking we're talking let's let's give a little jim harbaugh update too is there one since we last spoke yeah, that's a, that's a good question. Jim has been public the last couple of days. We have a story up on MLife.com right now as we speak. Jim was actually in Houston, Texas uh, Wednesday night for the Paul Bear Bryant Awards. He was up for another Coach of the Year 
Award. He didn't end up winning it. That went to Luke Fickle, Cincinnati. But nonetheless, he was finalist. He was in attendance, I, I think, out of respect for the, the ceremony itself. Um, but part of that ceremony was doing media interviews. So he actually spoke to the local media down there in Houston, Texas, Wednesday afternoon. Didn't say a bunch about his NFL but the NFL rumors or status at Michigan. In fact, most of the questions asked of him were kind of tailored to the Houston area. And uh, in fact, he was asked a question about Nico Collins, who plays for the Houston Texans. He was asked about Aiden Hutchinson. Didn't get a lot of questions about the NFL, but he did say that he was enjoying the NFL rumor mill a little bit more this year compared to the rumors last year. <laughs> he didn't follow it up. I don't exactly know what he means by that, um, but you can take it for what it's worth. Jim did do an interview with local Texas, uh, Houston, Texas radio station down there as well. He said he had his whole, his, his entire family down there with him for the ceremony and that they're kind of planning to uh, spend the next couple of days with family time because he said he's going to hit the recruiting trail in the next couple of days. So if you think Jim Harbaugh is leaving or out the door, that tells you otherwise. It certainly seems like it's business as usual as things stand currently. Obviously, all that is subject to change given Given the situation, the NFL, his name has been linked to the Las Vegas Raiders now for the last couple of weeks. We've, as we've talked about, Raiders have a huge playoff game on on Saturday, so you know a loss there could certainly change things. But as as things stand currently right now, no change of Jim Harbaugh's status with Michigan. I feel like the, if the Raiders win this weekend, I mean that uh, that just really pushes the needle for, or at least at least in that scenario for, for Jim to return to, to Michigan. Cause yeah, I, I don't know how you can move on from a coach that, that leads you to the playoffs and at least one playoff win, but I guess you, you never know, but the outcome of that game will be interesting to see if any, uh, anything comes of uh, from after that game, if there's any momentum either way. Yeah. I mean, especially at the NFL level, head coaching is a lot of times just getting buy-in from the players and having the coach, the players have their backs and everything else. It's more of like developing a culture. And that's not to say that isn't a big thing at the college level either, because it certainly is. But, you know, if you can find a right, the right mix of talent at the professional level and the coach that, you know, they can all kind of rally around and believe in that creates quite a, a mix. And oftentimes it's successful. So you're right. You know, if the, the Raiders continue to win, they might stick with their guy, and then that would certainly eliminate, you know, Jim from probably contention. I certainly get what Harbaugh's saying, though. He probably, or he's saying he's enjoying uh, the rumors about NFL teams showing interest a little more than uh, the rumors about Michigan maybe canning him. So <laughs> that that does make sense. Now, whether he's enjoying it because he's actually, you know, considering these offers, or just you know enjoying it because it's it's nice to be, uh, you know, wanted as opposed to not wanted. It remains to be seen, but we do know who you know whoever's coaching this team, who they'll be playing next year and when. You know, we already knew the non-conference games that had been set well years in advance, but there's been been some recent switches that we could talk about there. And then the Big Ten teams, you know, we now know the crossover games when they're happening, and it finalized once and for all that you know Michigan is not going to East Lansing two years in a row. It had happened before in the past, you know, things got mixed up with with COVID and and things like that, but. Uh, and the division switches several years ago, but we're back on track now to, you know, every other year. So Michigan State and Penn State will be coming to Ann Arbor as kind of the premier home games. And, you know, Michigan will go to Ohio State. So a full rundown starts September 3rd, Colorado State, Hawaii, Connecticut, Maryland, all at home. Then a road trip to Iowa, to Indiana, Penn State at home, a bye week, Michigan State at home at Rutgers, Nebraska at home, 
Illinois at home, and then at Ohio State to close the season the Saturday after Thanksgiving. Is it too early for me to submit my 11-1 season prediction? (laughs) I mean, you look and it's, it's a little, it shapes up to be similar to last year where you don't have, you know, you've got a pretty easy non-conference slate and a, a very winnable home Big Ten game to start things. So then it doesn't really, you know, the only loss I think anyone's going to be predicting potentially is, is, you know, at Iowa as far as the first loss. But you could even see, you know, pushing it to Penn State or Michigan State. And it's like, well, geez, those are at home. And they, you know, maybe maybe it's not until Ohio State again, which is, I think, maybe what you're getting at. So, yeah, I guess what are your what are your kind of first impressions of, of the schedule and how it sorted out? Certainly advantageous eight home games. I think that's a big thing too. You know, first time they've done that since 2016. Yep. So that's certainly going to help, help the situation. Michigan should be 4-0 going into that Big Ten road opener at Iowa, as you mentioned. But yeah, I mean, the Iowa game is circled on the calendar. Penn State game is circled on the calendar. Michigan State and then the, the finale against Ohio State. So there's four games right there that I, right now at least are certainly toss-ups in my mind. You know, the road games probably edge the opponent. Home games probably edge toward Michigan. But again, I see no reason why Michigan shouldn't go anything worse than nine and three or 10 and two. And they could probably, you know, go higher than that. You know, if they can gel, you know, fill some of those holes on the defensive side of the ball. You know, the bye week, you know, is moved up. You know, the original schedule they had for next season had their bye week after their ninth game. This one has it after the seventh game. So that really helps too. But I think certainly the eight home games, I think is it was certainly the fact a lot of folks took away from the, the schedule uh, announcement yesterday. I don't know about you guys, but I, I feel like no team should have eight home games in a 12-game schedule. Like That just seems pretty ridiculous to me. I don't know if you guys feel the same way, but I get how it's advantageous for Michigan. They want to make money, and they obviously want to fill their 100,000-plus seat stadium, but it just seems like, I don't know, man, that's a lot of home games for, for any team. It happens more than you think down the SEC. I think Ohio State schedule next year is eight home games. So it, it happens often. Obviously, if you're if you're an opponent or you're a rival or whatever, it's it's obviously uh grounds for you know criticism or whatever the case may be, but that's just reality. You know, Michigan has clearly moved to wanting not only three home games to obviously for the ticket revenue and, and all that stuff, but like they've certainly scheduled down, like we can go over some of the changes they made over the last couple of years, but they were expected to play UCLA and, and home and home. until 2020 last year. And then, and then this year they had a, a home and home schedule with Virginia tech that they canceled. So they, they canceled those two opponents and basically filled them with, you know, Hawaii or Yukon or next year, they got Bowling Green and East Carolina. So they're, they've certainly eased their schedule a little bit, make of that what you want. Um, Weak, but the, soft. But the reality is, yeah, Michigan should be, they should certainly be 3-0, and probably 4-0, as I mentioned, going into that, that game against Iowa October 1st. I wonder if there is a, ever a playoff expansion. Maybe teams won't be so scared to go on the road and play better non-conference games because, I mean, is for college football fans, it would add a lot more intrigue to some of these early season games in Colorado State, Hawaii, and UConn. Like, I mean... <laughs> that used to be the argument, like, right, like schedule a tough non-conference schedule to bo- like boost your your resume for mm-hmm. whatever, whether it was the BCS before, now it's the playoff. And now I think teams are realizing, hey, especially the teams in the Power Five conferences like the Big Ten, if you could run the table or only lose one game, you're more than likely getting into the playoff anyway. So like, the, I, think that, I think the realization has come that, hey, we don't need to play these top of the line programs, top tier teams in the non-conference. Because you know it doesn't doesn't help our situation for the playoff. Absolutely, teams have realized it's it. In the end, this whole committee is kind of uh, 
they don't do much. In the end, they look at the number <laughs> of losses. I mean, that's what it is. Yeah. The teams with no losses get in, and then they go down the line to the one-loss teams. So, you know, after this came out, I, I tweeted, you know, that my problem with, with the schedule this year, or, you know, as in 2022, this coming season, and, and the one after that is the non-conference slate. You know, you got six home games, and none are really good. You got Colorado State, Hawaii, and UConn, like you mentioned, for this year. And then the next year is East Carolina, UNLV and Bowling Green. Somehow much worse even than this year. Easy, easy. Bowling Green doesn't want to hear about that. <laughs> All right. Well, anyway, the home and homes with Texas and Oklahoma start the years after that. But something like that should be on the schedule every single year. Notre Dame fell off and they just haven't been replaced. Uh, you know, a team of that caliber has not been replaced for Michigan who in past years would play either one, you know, neutral site game, which, you know, fans never really liked, but, you know, they'd go to Texas or, or wherever and, and play Florida, you know, play Alabama one year. But, you know, these home and homes now are, are, are starting, but not for a few years. So, like, those games are bad. But I got, I got a lot of responses, and, and a lot of people disagreed with me. You know, Doug, how is that a problem? A problem is when you lose a non-conference game like Ohio State did this season. We have enough brutal games to win each year. Nothing wrong with some cupcakes early on. And other people point out it's the path to the playoff that that matters. Like that's all you have to do. Let's see someone else. You know, give yourself the best chance to make the playoffs. You know, cupcakes is fine if you're ranked in the in the preseason, but it is lame. You know, and, and another person says, you know, that it's a problem for the fans. Maybe not a problem for getting to the playoff, but definitely an issue for for people getting the money to paying money for season tickets. And I kind of agree with everyone there. I mean, it definitely is easier probably to get into the playoffs because that's all about losing as few games as possible. But man, for the, the overall you know product, the sport, it's not ideal. I, I agree with you there. And if I'm a season ticket holder, I'm certainly you know disappointed because the value has been kind of taken away from the non-conference. Usually, like you said, usually there's that one game home game or at least one every other year where you can point to and say, hey, that's going to be a marquee matchup. You know, it could be a primetime game, you know, ranked teams, whatever the case may be. Mm-hmm. And they're just none of that this year or next. So if I'm a season ticket holder, obviously I'm disappointed. Now you could make Art Michigan come could come back and make the case. Well, yeah, we took that away, but we gave you an extra home game. So there's eight instead of seven, which is you know which is valid. But you know, I'm I'm curious to see how the ticket prices shake out this year. Maybe they if they you know raise prices or not. But yeah, it's I get it. If I'm a season ticket holder, I'm disappointed. Like that's not you, you don't hide season tickets, planning to you know watch them play Colorado State or Hawaii mm-hmm. or UConn, whoever. But like you know, it is what it is. And that's then I guess the nature of the situation at this point, as folks have pointed out, the path to the playoff is winning games and winning as many games as you can. And until the playoff changes, potentially an expansion could, could change that. I mean, that's the thing with the playoff. We have never seen a two-loss team get in. So you, like you said, you essentially have to run the table or lose one game to, to get in. Now, eventually, you know, we're, we're expecting expansion to come at some point. They haven't done it yet, whether it's eight or 12. That may open the door to you know a, a two loss team or you know, potentially three maybe one day, right? And it would incentivize maybe scheduling a little bit more difficult. But until that changes, I get where Michigan's going here. And you're speaking as a season ticket holder right now. I'll speak as a reporter. I want to see more prime, like bigger matchups, like against other Power Five teams because they're more fun to cover. There's more storylines. It's more intriguing. So I'll speak for myself. That's that's why I wanted to see more. Well, did more. you like covering a playoff a playoff game this year? Because the flip side of that is, you know, would you rather have say Notre Dame, you know, every year a team like that, Texas, Oklahoma, coming on the schedule where you win your home game against them, but then the next year you lose, and then that year you ain't going to the playoff as opposed to, you know, fatten up on these cupcakes and then 
you have a better chance to actually play in those meaningful games later in the year. That That's what people are telling me on Twitter, and I, I definitely get it. My answer is I risk losing the games. I don't I don't care. You'd rather right. have those those memories of those games. But again, if I was running college football, the UNLVs, the Bowling Greens, the Hawaii's of the world would not be in the same division as the Michigans of the world. They would be in a separate thing, more closer to FCS, and there wouldn't even be the opportunity to play them uh, because you'd be playing your conference games and your non-conference games. Will you, all you'd get to choose from on that menu <laughs> is is the Texases and Oklahomas of the world. So, These small schools me. want their payday, Andrew. Right. Like, yeah. I, I think Hawaii, I, I remember writing a story a couple of years ago, or maybe it was last year, Hawaii is getting, I think, $1.8 million to come to, to come to Ann Arbor for that game. So obviously it's not a huge amount. But it really helps, you know, pay for the athletic department a little bit. So at least smaller schools, I'm certainly, you know, long term don't want to lose these games. But you're right. I mean, eventually we'll probably get to that model at some point, or and we're, we're inching certainly closer. But until that comes, I mean, these schools certainly depend on these these types of games. Well, overall, again, I think it plays out pretty nicely for Michigan, like we said, because you got you got you ease into it. The only time you play two really tough back-to-back games, you got a buy in between with Penn State and Michigan State, and then Ohio State kind of at the end. You know, you every team plays three crossover games, and Michigan's are Iowa, Nebraska, and Illinois. So two out of three are are basically who do we say is in the West? Like is reliably good. It's Iowa and Wisconsin, and Wisconsin right? And then yeah. then the others kind of rise up here and there. So you know, Michigan only gets one of those two teams, and then you know two other teams that at least this past year finished near the bottom. Obviously, Nebraska maybe a little better than its record indicated, but but still. And, you know, Rutgers and, and Indiana, you know, probably you know, took some steps back this year, you know, despite uh, Rutgers' Gator Bowl appearance. <laughs> yeah, I mean, o- overall, I think it's I think it's pretty advantageous now. It's it, Again, we'll have <laughs> plenty of podcasts down the line where we start making season predictions, but I'll just give an early tip on mine. I kind of disagree with you guys a little bit. I, I think people are going to just say I'm a hater because I said seven and five last year, but I just, I see a lot of when I see this team ranked five or six in the early rankings, that just seems way too high for me, given what the defense is losing. I mean, that's the thing for me is that, you know, this team probably overachieved this year and just has lost so much on defense that I don't know. I think it's like a perfect spot for a kind of uh, regression, but we'll see. I don't disagree with that. It's it's very possible that Michigan has a letdown season next year. You know, you said they overachieved, and then what's the natural opposite of that? I mean, they're gonna they're underachieved. So that wouldn't surprise me. They got some holes to fill on the defensive side of the ball. We'll get to that as the as the offseason progresses. But there's a lot of work to, to be done on that side of the ball. Uh, I had my I had my reservations coming into this year about the defense and how they would look, especially with the new coordinator and, and everything else. And they they certainly exceeded. So we'll uh We'll see how they bounce back. But I will say I'm most looking forward to in the 2022 season, my first trip to Iowa City. That's I'm in on this piece since 2017. Michigan hasn't played there since 2016. So it's it's the one and only Big Ten football stadium I've, I have not been to yet. Yeah. I mean, that that speaks to what this, you know, the, the two divisions ha, has done. I mean, you know, again, I keep turning my head because I'm looking at my Big Ten standings board, which is, you know, it's off season. So it's not in its normal spot. But yeah, I mean, like, I don't know when's when's the last time Michigan just played Purdue, period. You know what I mean? It's like the little brown jug doesn't get contested. It's contested every several years now. It's like some of these teams in the West are just might as well be non-conference opponents at this point. It's it's the times we live in. But yeah, anybody got anything else that we haven't touched on yet in this episode? We've hit on a lot of different sports and topics, but 
I can just touch on hockey real quick. Sure. I mean, I've, I've submit, they haven't played since our, our last update, but um, it's definitely looking like the mission will be shorthanded for a little bit in February as a few of their players will be headed off to the Olympics. I know USA Hockey is set to announce their roster tonight, Thursday night, and I expect Matty Beneers and Brendan Brisson both to be that team. And then obviously it sounds like Owen Powers are going to be a lock for Team Canada and Ken Johnson could most likely definitely be on there as well. So that's four four of your high draft picks, top players on the team that could miss for sure four games late in the season. And I mean, yeah, I guess you never know with, with the COVID situations too. It'll be a big loss for them, but I, I know I asked Coach Mel Pearson the kind of his stance on it after one of the games last weekend. He's like, look, I mean, it's a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. I mean, typically the NHL players are, are headed to the Olympics, but this will be the second year or second Olympics in a row that the NHL will not be participating, which opens the door for some amateurs like these college players. And so, yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a chance for them to compete for gold and should be a, a really, really unique experience, even if it is in, in the COVID era. Awesome. Yeah, no, good to see some of these you know teams, players getting back healthy and, and getting back out there. Yeah, that wraps this episode of Wolverine Confidential Podcast. Stay tuned for more coverage on MLive.com slash Wolverines.